0: November 26th, uh, welcome there, real agile enthusiasts, uh, business agility lover, scrum lover. my runner out there. We are right now 4,300 people Subscribe everywhere. Thank you so much. This is Thanksgiving for most of our people who live and are in the United States of America. Uh, it's a beautiful time of the year. I love it. This kind of opening the, the holidays. Of uh, many uh, religion and culture, so from Thanksgiving in the U.S. with the Anuka, and then after Christmas, and then after the Orthodox Christmas and everything. So I love this time of the year where the sun and the northern hemisphere will actually be at this demise to rise up again on December the twenty fifth. So this is November the twenty fifth, and you will have it into your pocket, whether you are a subscriber to my. To my Apple Podcast, Spotify, and now we are also, yes, we are on Amazon Prime. These are still so many other places. Just Google search or DuckDuckGo search. They're real, agile, and you'll find us. So today, this month, for the episode 31 of my podcast, I am pleased to um, have again for a second time on my show, Mr. Daniel Mizik of the Open Leadership Network. And actually, as we are all kind of off and we are just from this great 13 annual give thanks for Scrum. That was an amazing day on Tuesday in Boston and remotely. And um, <clears throat> I said like I, I I did live, you know, because you could you could actually see me and see my guests live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern time on my YouTube channel. All the links are in the description of this podcast. Um, so you could click on it, subscribe to my YouTube channel also, because we have other types of content. But here's the thing. I'd rather be professional. I'm also for people first, experience first. And my the experience of my uh, people here on the podcast who are doing jugging with me, So I said, do I do it or not? Because the content, the conversation we had together on my Friday Live Agile uh, on my YouTube, that was August the 6th. And uh, the video, if you want to go see the video and everything that Daniel will say, oh, blah, blah, blah. You could see it here, the graph here, this and this. So it's called War is Peace, Freedom is Slavery, Inurance is Strength, and Scrum is Agile. And then, of course, now I just cut the part that I've, have a conversation with Daniel. It's about 44 minutes that will follow this introduction. And the video total with my kind of um, editorial before, it's for about an hour and 10. But this podcast should be about 50 minutes. So be ready to run 45 to 50 minutes. So the 44 minutes conversation, I decided to edit it for best audio quality uh, of my conversation with Daniel, mostly coming back more into the decision rights. And starting to have this kind of authentic, open discussion on the edge of imposition that will be probably the take three we are going to do. And probably in December, uh, we won't have our regular program podcast. It's going to be probably a uh, audio uh, of the live recording that I'm going to do on my YouTube channel about the on-retrospective of 2021 type of thing. Uh, and literally on New Year's Eve, I'm doing it on New Year's Eve before going out with friends and family to celebrate uh, this thing that I kind of don't care, if you ask me. But anyways, I care more of the today's uh, Thanksgiving. And so for this month's episode... I just decided to re-edit this great conversation. So I apologize again if you hear, especially Daniel, say, oh, can I share my screen? Yeah, because just listen to the content. Forget about the fact that that was a live video. I'm conscious about it. I know for you, my runner, my podcaster, who prefer the audio while you train yourself and everything. So that's okay. But at the end of the day, if you are curious and you want to see the face of Daniel Music and my face, and also all the little cards that he's showing us uh, while we have this great conversation, but just join us and the YouTube channel, and that will be great and it will be fun as well. Because actually, that's the thing. I have 420 subscribers on YouTube, uh, 2200 followers on LinkedIn, and here, here you are, amazing guys, 4,300. Uh, more and more downloads, more and more listening, uh, Lange. So I thank you very much. I know most of you are also part, uh, like my YouTube channel, actually. It's, um, you are from uh, Northern Africa, Brazil, India. Uh, so thank you so much. Obrigado. Uh, namaste. And uh, so, yes. And, uh, and also, apparently, we ranked, we ranked it, uh, 26 on entrepreneurial podcasts. And the Netherlands, 46 in and, um, and UK, and 128 in Canada. And I'm a French-Canadian, so my country doesn't give me... I'm not even in the... I'm just roughly into the 125 top rank of uh, business, business agility, and agile. And agile, I think, overall, on the Apple side, Apple podcast side, uh, the stats show us somewhere uh, around... Um, yeah, around this. So anyways, it's been five minutes. I'm rumbling. So again... I'm conscious that this following conversation with Daniel Mazik was made for my Friday Live Agile. So there are a lot of notification about look, watch and everything. I know. And of course, I will try to have better and exclusive content for the podcast as an audio podcast. But then again, um, because this is what I try. And, and next time I'm sitting with Daniel, I will say like, okay, please. I know it's a live video, but I really want that we have an experience for my jogger and my people who prefer to listen to the podcast. So without further ado, so stay there. We're going to have this beautiful intro music. And after the 30 second intro music, we are right into this amazing conversation with Daniel music on the Decision Rights in Scrum and even more. And preparing the field of discussing this age of imposition that we have as agile coach, scrum master, and agilist enthusiasts, we have to be careful not to fall into this industrial complex of the of the safe BS, because this is not what people want, this is not what business wants. We have to bring back empiricism, common sense, and people first with the great definition of done and this decision rights to make the self-organized and the full potential of individual that we hire into our project and product development. So enjoy the show and see you in December for the On Retrospective and join us live. It's going to be fun on my YouTube channel because I'm going to record the podcast for December right away, uh, the last, uh, the 31st, exactly the 31st. All right, so stay tuned and enjoy your turkey. Let's bring my friend here. Hey. Um, Daniel. How are you doing? Very good. Yourself? Very well. Thank you. Okay. Oh, all right. So I, I don't know if you are uh, listening to my first segment, my editorial on all those paper that's flooding medium.com and LinkedIn and all those debate. I mean, it's been two weeks. i spending time and energy of trying to explain people that the mindset could not die itself. Unless you create, like Dave Thomas explained at the GoTo conference, you probably watched that video. That's it's a classic. That he says, like, "Oh, but agile is a noun, and you said it with fear." So, anyways, <laughs> Daniel, I'm, <laughs> and now this week that was like, "Oh, the Scrum Master is not a coach." What? And I found out in my notes with Mike Beadle, this great quote that he had. Uh, he keep telling us, like, uh, "Well, Scrum will going well if a coach called the Scrum Master helps the team." Yeah, yeah.
1: The I actually have a link I want to show about that. It's right from the scrum guide. Can I do that right now? Can I share my screen?
0: I think so. Uh, do you, because it's, it's, you're the first guest with my new tool that called Melon Apps. So do you have uh, in your screen a, a share icon? Yeah, I do. So let's try it because I don't, I think as yeah, soon as you are a guest.
1: Here's the one, here's the one I want to show right here. Here, it says, the Scrum Master serves the organization in the following ways.
0: Thing okay, one, hold on, hold on, because I, I'm just learning this tool. So I see it now. I will show it. Oh, perfect. Here we go. You see it? Yeah. Now Here's let me my see. point.
1: Here's my point about this. I agree with you a thousand percent. I join you with the idea that the Scrum Master is an Agile Coach. Agile Coach is a Scrum Master. Why? Because in the Scrum Guide, it says right here, the Scrum Master leads the organization in its Scrum adoption. And it says right here, the Scrum Master... Plans and advises the scrum implementation within the organization. We call that coaching task. It's actually scrum master task. So one yeah. master job uh, has been, how can I say this been demoted? Okay. To a, the level of a clerk. But the reality is that the scrum master is the coach. This is the reality of it all. If you're doing the full thing.
0: Yeah. And this is why in Enterprise Scrum, we we just say it's a coach and it's an owner because it will appeal to an owner of what? Are you owning a solution, a product, and what have you? So so we make it clear. And John McFadden, a great guy, I don't know if you know him, uh, when I was back in London meeting him uh, the the year after uh, Mike uh, passed away, and he kind of made a tribute to the Enterprise Scrum ways of simplifying the language because that's a problem. And me, I was so happy to see a 13-page Scrum guide because... When I started being a Scrum Master in 1999, I didn't have any guide. I didn't have anything. We were alone, the engineer, the designer, and the business owner doing the shit, according to any literature and the HBRP paper that was there and so on. So for years, like, uh, anyways, so I love it. I'm passionate about it. And I can't wait to meet you guys because one of the reasons I bring you back is because people love you, as I told you. Uh, You were in the top 10 of many of the countries in Northern Europe on the podcast, the Audio podcast, especially. And I don't know what happened on YouTube because you were at 85 views and all of a sudden they corrected the view down. I don't know why, but um, yeah. And could you imagine you beat my commemoration of John McAfee? Wow. (laughs) Yes. So.
1: That's pretty good. So he, he's killing viruses and I'm, I'm spreading them, but my viruses are good.
0: <laughs> I love your virus, my friend. I love it. And, uh, it's, um, and it's, I'm just doing it to be agreeable, but I agree so far. Probably we don't agree on everything. And on the course of our networking and relationship, we might uh, agree to that's disagree cool. at some point, And that's we can, okay. We disagree
1: yeah, on all kinds of things, but we agree on the core things and that's what matters. And that's why we're friends.
0: Exactly. And I really appreciate you coming back. And especially at two weeks. Is it two weeks now? Because uh, time going so fast. I know it's August 18, Invitation based uh, conference. And I got a lot of questions following our podcast that we didn't put too much thing about the decision rights. So I would like if, you, if you'd like to take some time. We have about like 15, 20 minutes. Just give uh, my audience and the people that, because it's open to everyone. I'm open to everyone. I'm fully public. And right now, you know, we're live huh? We're yeah. live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. Beautiful. So, uh, but you could dare whatever. I don't mind to be it by a uh, censorship. There's no censorship. We're not talking about the thing that we don't need to talk, but decision rights. I think there's something that when I talk to people about it and the emails I receive after our broadcast, they said like, really, it's part of scrum, right? I didn't know that. And so, yeah, it's amazing and great coaches. Great coaches. They didn't know that. Well, they better
1: they better figure it out pretty fast because most of your impediments are wrapped up around skirmishes about decision rights. Who decides? And then who decides who decides is also an issue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so, so hey, look, let's 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 put this thing in context, right? We are right now at pure imposition.
0: Hold on, I will do something here to make your screen bigger. Is it no? Sorry. Nah. We, are
1: pure, we are at pure imposition in, 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 in right now. Okay, oh, here
0: it is. Okay,
1: this is where we are. Yeah, this is because of the agile industrial complex that showed up around 2016, and there was interest in scaling agility. Okay, back in 2014. This is the full timeline of, of the thing that I want you to see. Okay, this is basically an, a lesson in how to destroy a company. This is the timeline of the agile world. Think about it. Yeah. Right manifesto in 2001 and right now we're at pure imposition so what's the problem here the problem is that people are disempowered to have uh to be able to self-manage you've discussed self-management and self-organization before very briefly i want to clarify something for your listeners when we talk about self-organization we're not talking about flocks of birds or or termites or ants (laughs) or um or fish schooling that's all self-organization but when we work, we're in a goal-seeking enterprise. Okay, what we're really doing when we self-manage? Ask yourself the question for a minute. When we talk about self-management, what is it that's being managed? Just think for a minute about what is it that's being managed. I'm going to offer a hypothesis. But when for- humans self, yeah, when human self-manage, they are managing decisions that affect their own work. Yeah. Okay, that's it. So the decision rights are a very, very big deal. And what's happened is we have completely um, disempowered people. It's killed the self-management because there's no there's no decisions to decide anymore because external forces make those decisions for us, beginning with imposing the practices.
0: And what what will be the external forces that make decisions for them?
1: Authority figures who have budget authority, um, they fund it and then they walk away and they, they have external coaches telling people what they should do. Then let's say that the external coaches, let's say that the guy's name is Elvis. When Elvis leaves the building, it all collapses. Yeah. Because, okay. So this is, this is what goes on. The other thing that I'm keen on showing your people is this diagram. Okay, this diagram right here, Uh, practices are informed by patterns. Yeah. So we have been a we have been enslaved and by the tyranny of practice frameworks. Okay. this has resulted in low levels of engagement. What we need to be doing is getting back to patterns because patterns offer freedom of implementation. A practice can be – a a pattern is informed by principles. Practices are informed by patterns. Any one of these patterns can be implemented in many different kinds of practices that the people can pick from and choose. And I want to show you something here. These are the core patterns right here. I want to do the screen share. Mm -hmm. Um, I just want to show you this one screen. Let's see. Where is it? Okay, here it is. And I'm going to – Allow this, I guess, yeah.
0: Can you see that? Yeah, it's loading. Here it is. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love it. The eight patterns of open business agility. Open
1: business agility starts with leaders who invite people in to express their passion and their responsibility around things that need to be done.
0: And this is what we're going to have as testimony in the conference on August 18th, right? Among other things?
1: That's correct. And not just testimony from consultants, because sometimes you and I can tell too rosy of a story. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. These are the actual executives who are going to tell you about the scar tissue they have when they use these patterns and what they learned. Okay. One thing I want to say to your people, leadership invitation is the keystone pattern. Okay. This is the one that engages and ignites the people all the other patterns, the other seven, support the leadership invitation pattern. So these are the, so for example, if you look at boundary management, explicit agreement, and clarity of authorization, those are well expressed in Scrum, good Scrum. Yes. Good Scrum, everyone knows what they are, have authorized to do and not authorized to do.
0: About this, good Scrum, dark Scrum, bad Scrum, fail Scrum. What would you say to people who, who've been uh, judged or appointed as purists of using the Scrum Lean system, right? Because we all agree that Scrum is not agile. I love like, uh, I, you saw my title is war is peace, uh, slavery is strength. I mean, like, come on. Like saying Scrum is agile is exactly in the same way of Orwell. So it's very dangerous, I think, and people don't understand it. They don't, do what, they don't know what they do. They don't even know what they are being at the first place. So, so but when I, I mean, like for me, um, when I was younger, when people say, oh, you're, you're a scrum purist, I said like, well, I'm not if you say purist by, by the book, I'm far from by the book because I never I didn't have a book for the first 13 years of my practice as a scrum master. I think uh, the first guy came in in 2007, is it? The first, yeah. the, scrum the first scrum guide? The first scrum guide that Ken oh. and Jeff Ward, was it? No, no, not the book. Yes, of course, this. That was like, yeah, that was the only thing that I read back in the day in 1999 to make, to start making things. And I was very engineer oriented, right? But I mean, like, um, what I'm saying is being a purist or a good scrum or a great scrum, should I say, it's nothing to do about applying anything by the book. It's au contraire. Having his ear wide open and understand the context of the business you are making your consultancy, if you are a consultant, because nowadays, I don't know for you in the United States, guys, because uh, most of my work as a Scrum Master was in um, uh, like in Austin, uh, Phoenix and so on. And a Scrum Master is a very high level, sometimes engineer. Uh, mm-hmm. that uh, have the process success. He's, he's really there to help on the process success of the chosen That's scrum. work exactly with XP work. or peer programming. Or, there's always something else. Yep. There's always another kind of uh, uh, software cycle development. Let's get back to
1: the decision rights. Yes. <laughs> there's a lot of very light surface level scrum going around. And if you want to implement the full, the full thing, the, the true thing, then you must implement the decision rights by role. So for example, in the previous version of the Scrum Guide, it said for the product owner to be successful, everyone in the organization must respect his or her decisions. Mm -hmm. So there's a clear example of the decision rights that how it's essential to implement them or you're gonna have trouble, okay? Same thing with like the daily Scrum, that's the team's meeting. They design it. It's for them. They're an authority there. They have decision rights for those 15 minutes in that room. If you implement those things, you are going to change your culture. I want to say one thing to your your folks, and then I want to hear your comment. I can change the culture of your organization in three days. And the way I'm going to do this is by implementing the Scrum decision rights all the way. So the first thing that happens when you define a boundary is that boundary gets tested. So then when people test the boundary and the executive maintains the integrity of the boundary and says, no, the product owner owns the decision on prioritization, go to him or her, you have no rights there. The, The product owner has full decision rights on prioritization of the backlog. When people learn that and then that story gets around, that will change your culture. What do you think?
0: I think uh, I experienced it three times in my career, but I saw there was a prerequisite to that. Okay. The complete agreement and support from the C-level and all the stakeholders anywhere in the organization.
1: That is one of the patterns that I teach. Okay. It's in the book and it's it's in the class. And here it is right here. Explicit agreements clarity of authorization in the management of the boundaries on those agreements exactly that's
0: exactly what you just described and you know that I did it without having the knowledge that you put on screen no you had it you just didn't have a name for it exactly so that so that's and and for me that was like the just logical and natural thing to do when people interaction are the subvention that we learn in physics and then We apply in Scrum because Scrum is an empirical process. So let's try things and then the boundaries will morph and change along that you improve your decision and so on. And it's not just on the product. A lot of people are focusing on product management. That's okay, But I mean, of course, the outcome should be what you sell as an organization, whether it's a software or something else. Because what I love with Scrum is you could create those patterns for non-IT yeah, well, yeah.
1: industry, so. But you've got to be good at basic, competent, fun, um, basic Scrum before you can go to business agility. Let's talk about this for a minute. We know Jeff Sutherland teaches, and I love, I love the video you showed of Jeff there. He's uh, he's a dear friend of
0: mine. Yeah, that's a good quality. I was doing it on my iPhone, and the no, audience. it
1: was great. It was perfect. It was just what needed to be be repeated. You captured you yeah. it perfectly. Um. This whole idea of business agility, okay? If you want to scale, and let's, let me, I'm going to put out a hypothesis, and then you tell me what you think, okay?
0: Okay. All
1: right, so if we, if we want to do good Scrum, number one, we work with willing teams first in the pilot, because willing teams actually de-risk.
0: Yes, the, and capable people, capable people, and
1: capable, engaged, willing people are going to kill it with Scrum, and that's yeah. what happens in most pilots, Okay then we get organizational amnesia and we want to scale it but we forget that those teams are willing teams in the pilot right alex and then we we push it on unwilling teams we never ask them what they think which is actually contrary to the empirical process of gathering feedback and evidence right and then we wonder why we say scrum doesn't work so before you scale two things have to be true you have to work with willing teams and you have to be doing good competent scrum or it's not going to scale Exactly. Okay, so until you get there, you have no shot at business agility. I want to tell you why. You want to scale an empirical approach like Scrum across non-IT domains, but you can't even get out of your own way in engineering uh, scaling Scrum across engineering. You have no shot at business agility at all. You're being sold a bill of goods. If That's what's actually going on because think about some of the problems. First of all, people don't understand the language at all. Secondly, not every area of the business is going to benefit from full on scrum. So you're going to have to be good at profiling how much to apply and where. OK. Um, and then it's a um, it's a much more complex domain because it's not just the monolithic engineering domain. You're dealing with legal, HR, marketing, sales, leadership itself and so on. It's, it's like four times more complicated and you can't even get out of your own way scaling scrum and engineering. You need to take a step back from this business agility stuff and, and get the basics scrum down. What do you think about that?
0: Well, I think about that, uh, hearing you, I was seeing like all of these um, organizations that they start by scaling. Huh? They even like uh, these, uh, this SFA this thing. I know that last time you said there's a good things and safe. I don't say like safe is completely evil, but for me, I despise it because a lot of people are buying a name and they applying and enforce it to their people. So for me, yes, exactly, that's my, that's my motto. I said like, do we have it? Because the first time I ever at Discrum was asked, was asked by the engineer. And so we started doing it and we started doing iteration and increment and it was good. We were among all the PMO back then and this great software engineering, simulation software kind of company. Uh, We had the NASA as a client, shit. so we need to deliver goods like shippable goods, right? Okay. Even if you were simulation software for flight thing and stuff. But anyways, and our team applying the Scrum and the Lean Design Thinking were always achieving. And it was not perfect then because we're learning the process and the pattern, right? But nevertheless, the company saw it as like, wow, so you guys are delivering faster and good. It was just like being quick to provide the the training software it was like say the, the outcome and and so they say like oh could we scale it to um, only in the it within the it pmo okay and then lately and they introduced also back in the day i know it's technical but they introduced like a prince 2 kind of project management thing which is i have to agree is more tailored than the pm type of thing is more like Open to so that was like I'm telling you the turning of the century the Agile Manifesto was not even there, so so that was great so they try so let's try this and this and that and and of course the first Chrome master we became those who were spreading the news in the world, but it, it worked for a time of course but you're right when the IT start to disagree between them and this kind of. Are you still there, Daniel? Okay. And this type of um, these uh, kind of um, dispute between devs and apps uh, without having DevOps yet. But I mean, like we, we start saying like, and of course the business we're looking at, okay, you, you, you deliver greater than a waterfall, but you don't, you don't, you don't agree. You, are, you don't have that much capacity of showing us that we could apply it into HR, finance blah 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 so the only thing i achieved at, the, at that time 20 years ago was more like at least as a scrum master with the help of the po mostly from the business educate people especially the cfo <laughs> to understand that budgetization and estimation is not the same with those kind of projects yeah. so that was the very least we could do back then and today's my three winning team they actually actually they one of them in Austin, they built their company as a startup on a flat managed Scrum company. Even the three founders right now, they have title for the incorporation, the C SARP and stuff. But and the organization, they still code with the guy and they make fun with the Scrum Master. And I mean like so that's the decision rights is fully operational there, I think, because everyone is accountable and responsible also.
1: If you yeah, say so, if Alex, I want to ask you, how much more time do we have to converse here?
0: well i i will i strive to have uh, we, let's say we have 10 15 minutes and of course i'd like you to uh give us a, a pitch on this conference if you if you need more attendee and uh, i will give my promo code also after but let, let's uh let's let's say we have 10 minutes together again to to talk about these things these great okay. inviting things okay. so i'd like to
1: talk about i like to talk about three things uh uh, I want to talk about the conference. I want to talk about some uh, courses that I'm offering that I want to give your community like obscene obscenely fantastic discounts on. Oh, and the last the last thing I want to discuss with with you with you is the ethics of the agile industry and why is it mm. that there's so much bad agile practice being bought and sold, right? I want to do those three things. So the first thing is we're offering a conference on August eighteenth you can go to openleadershipnetwork.com here's what's going to happen during this conference we are going to provide undeniable proof that executives are using open patterns and invited approaches to get superior results to the stat compared to the status quo in the agile industry today these executives have been through it several times they've seen how the force thing doesn't work long term and they've gone for invited engaging participatory approaches that generate tremendous amounts of self-management without really giving up any authority or power at all. All they're doing is engaging and igniting the energy of their workforce. Six executives, not consultants, telling a real story. And for the people who are or who are listening to this now, I want you to um, I want you to consider uh, going to uh, this this link. Can I put uh, this, can I put it in the chat or not? Is it okay for me to put something in the chat where the people can see it?
0: Actually, yeah, give it yeah. to me and I will uh, use uh, it because as I said, I'm learning this too, so let's do this. How
1: do I do it? Oh, so I, I could just I could just show like, hi um, I don't know how I would put it in the chat. You, so, have, uh,
0: you have the chat, it, you have the chat next to share. And yeah, but
1: it, it doesn't, it won't let me because it says uh, only the host can only what? support it for hosts. So no. you have to make me a host to show the link. but. While I you're
0: don't doing do this, that,
1: anyways, but tell me, and I'll yeah. uh, go to openleadershipnetwork.com. Oh, it's
0: network. Sorry, my bad.
1: Yeah, openleadershipnetwork.com, and then click on the resources and look at the executive testimonial videos there. One is two minutes long. One is fifteen minutes long. That's an example of what you're going to experience at the conference. Some some of these people have thousands of employees under the span of their authority. Okay. And when you come out of the out of the conference, you're going to have PDFs, checklists, guides, and, and and videos that you can bring into your organization to spread these ideas. Okay, that's that's number one. Number two, um, I'm offering a course in these eight patterns of open business agility uh, coming up on the 16th of August, and I'm also offering um, Open Space Agility um, that starting August 30. I'll give Alex um, the codes for that that will give your – the community here who's listening now, part of your community, they use the code DARE Real Agile. Take 50% off the price. There's 10 tickets in each class just for this community, okay?
0: Half is, it, is it really DARE Real? Because I thought I was giving okay. away DARE Real only, I think. Yeah, but it. Do, yeah, DARE
1: Real. I'll change it after I get off. DARE Real will be the code. Yes. I'll, send you, I'll send you a follow-up email. August 30th for the OSA class, Open Space Agility, August 16th for the Patterns class. And then, of course, you know, you've got a code for the conference itself. So those are some things you can do to learn about how this works. I, w- I want to just say delegation is a lot more simple mm-hmm. than invitation. Yeah. And delegation doesn't work as good as invitation because invitation generates a tremendous amount of feedback in a way that de- delegation can never do. Okay. So I hope you look at the conference, look at the classes. Now let's talk about what you were talking about, Alex, which is why is all this crappy agile being bought and sold? Okay. I'm going to tell you why. Here's why. Because if I'm a buyer, I'm an executive buyer. I am, I am, I am going to, I, you have to tell me what I want to hear and then I'm going to buy it. Okay. If you go off on me about self-management emergence and emergent leaders, that gets lost in translation. I'm going to show you the door. Okay. I want assess train coach. That's what I want. Assess train coach. I want you to do it for me. And I want to, I want to ramrod this thing through my company. And actually what I want to do is fund it, authorize the funding. And then I want you to take care of it for me. Okay. This is what's going on in the world today. So here's what's happening. We're selling them what they're buying and what they're buying doesn't work. And we're selling it to them because they have money to spend. Okay. So I want to tell you, I'm going to show you something now that you're going to probably laugh at. <laughs> All right, here's the ethics of the agile industrial complex. Ready? Yes. There was a guy named Canada Bill Jones. He used to be a, uh, let's see, I, I can't really see it. Wait. Let's see, patterns, Oh, I can't, Like I need to say, hmm, I can't share, for some reason I can't share, why is that is that? I only have a limited amount of things to share. Uh, because
0: we're, you are were sharing, sharing.
1: this I was. Okay, here it is. Ready? Yes, ready?
0: yes.
1: Candidate Bill Jones was a card sharp and a con man after the Civil War. He rode the rails of the United States and the riverboats, and he was a three-card Monty expert. Here's his ethics. This is the ethics of the Agile Industrial Complex. Are you ready? Put down your beverage. Put down your beverage. Everyone who's watching. Put your beverage down. Okay. <laughs> here it is.
0: Can I share the screen? Right, here it is. It's coming. Hey, it voilà.
1: It's morally wrong to allow suckers to keep their money. Canada Bill Jones. <laughs> there you go. So there you
0: go. I love, it. I love it. They're real agile. This is the way, guys. They're <laughs> there to speak up and stand up for what's right. Come on. Let's serve yes. the client.
1: Let's tell them Yes. right.
0: Because people want an experience more than stuff nowadays in every aspect of our life. And actually, my product management designer and developers that I also coach, this is what they keep telling the organization. They are either part as an employee or a consultant, and nobody pay attention. Nobody's listening. And this is why I'm in full phase with the paper from Steve Denning back in April 2020 mm-hmm. when he says why only the agile will survive using it as an adjective again. And for me I prefer to be more kind of positive. I change the survive by thrive. If you want to thrive because surviving for me it's kind of no, it's it's not enough. I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. Every, every immigrant
1: to Canada Took an agile approach if they if they if they thrived.
0: Yeah, but the same in the United States. Same in the United I mean, States. If I'm right, because I, I spent a lot of time in the United States, my second home. I uh, like uh, and and then I was invited for Thanksgiving. And the way they there's different approach of Thanksgiving, but you could see that it was a moment like uh, but anyways, and I wanna go into because a lot of people are politicizing it, but for me the, the culture thing was these 13 colonies suffer a lot and they they were like, they needed to be agile because agile is not something new. It's not 20 years old because with the management for software and this is why they come, I mean, it's really important. It's for software development. And then after like Jeff said, and the video I catch, he said, you guys, you're great mind. You have great ideas. Make it happen like whatever you want, but you cannot change this historical artifact. Now, after, if you want to do a manifesto for this and that, be my guess, because that's the way, that's the problem. Yeah.
1: It's for this. It's for the red zone. Anywhere you're near the edge of chaos. Yeah. Anywhere yeah. you're in that red area, you need an empirical approach. Okay. Yes. yes. The blue area that's boring, don't, don't use agile there. You don't need it. You need yeah. the, in the red zone. Okay. This is where yeah. the action is.
0: Yeah, you're going to piss off people. That's, uh, that's the thing. So, uh, so, so for me, this is if I came back to the, the accusation of being a purist, no, hold on a second. If you are ready, if you have capable people and you really want, and you're in a complex environment where you have to learn that software, you won't be perfect. And if you wait on a waterfall environment uh, to go back to design after the QA, so you're losing your time. But at some point, sometimes I said, as a consultant, Really bold. I so said, like, no, you don't need, you don't need to be agile. So you better stick to the this waterfall thing. that Explicit agreement. Scrum is doing every single one of these things. Yeah. And and these patterns are part of what you teach at the um, Open Business Agility uh, courses, or That's it's right. Um, okay.
1: Yeah. The eight the eight patterns of Open Business Agility. Basically, if you study Scrum. And you ask the question, why does it work? You're going to boil it down. It's going to come down to these patterns. Okay. Now, interaction protocols, that's what we do in the daily scrum. The daily scrum, we say in the early days of scrum, we said we answered three questions. Right. And then in the later, in the modern day, Jeff and Ken said, use any protocol you want, but get to the bottom of what's going on today. Yes. Okay. So. They've actually relaxed Scrum so that you have more freedom than ever to implement it your way. But you've got but, to implement these patterns.
0: But this That's- is funny, uh, Danielle, because for me, since the beginning, I'm experimenting with Scrum. Back in the last century, it was always be- it was always slack. I was confronting when I started doing some mandate and to the banking industry, like, oh, all of a sudden it needed to be exactly what the Scrum guy said. I said, well, what Scrum guy because I, I was not aware, I was not aware. Even being participator of Scrum Alliance, I, of course I knew there was something. But I mean, like I said, like well, Scrum guy? It's, it's the people' choice. They will have to create the pattern that's good for their development cycle and also for the business interaction. It's all about the, the, the interaction of people even beyond the Scrum team. Uh, so yes. for me that was a no brainer. Saying this uh, is uh, it's a slacker like like last November, other people was oh. Uh, Scrum is less pre- uh, um, uh, prescribed. I said, it was never, ever in any of my consulting agency that I led, it was never, ever prescribed. So I didn't understand this kind of fake debate that I call, like, about, oh, now all of a sudden, this 25th anniversary edition of the Scrum Guide is less pre- prescribed. I Beautiful. never prescribed
1: it. I want to I offer in closing, I know we're almost out of time now, but I want to offer something. I want to describe the most evil force in the world. Mm, Which is? And it's in the agile industry, too. It's everywhere. It's in politics. It's everywhere. Here it is, right? Human beings are suckers for a coherent story. whether it's true or not. So this explains why people believe crazy politicians. This explains why. Really crappy agile gets bought and sold every day of the week in the largest companies. It's because they people are so so addicted to knowing the story and knowing the right answer. They want a coherent story. So we we tell the people what they want to hear and then they buy it. And this is this is awful. This is awful. It's it's one of the worst things to happen. I mean, if we got off of this as human beings. We would, we would progress so fast with conscious leadership, conscious capitalism, conscious everything. Just, yeah, yeah. it's okay to not know this story. It's okay.
0: Yes. And, and could we experience things? So that's, actually, I'm reading a book. I don't know if it's available in English. I'm going to see it and send it to you the link because it's from an Israeli. It's, uh, it's called Sapiens. Is, oh, is I have one?
1: this book, yeah, for Harari.
0: Yeah, and it was also the, the writer of Homo Deus,
1: yeah and uh, and there's
0: there's a third book uh from another french israeli guy who actually talk about i don't remember exactly the name and even in english bear with me it's a it's a a gland that we have that's create this kind of dopamine
1: yeah the pineal gland
0: Uh, it's not the pineal gland it's another thing it's another thing that and it's actually if you read uh, the prince from machiavelli uh, so you could understand that this dopamine is creating you like, oh, yes. And it's, it's, it's giving us this uh, kind of monkey mentality of uh, shutting down and just go with the leader, the one who screamed the most and so on. Because the dopamine well is, is, is providing a fake satisfaction of comfort. I don't remember, but this is really interesting because these guys, he, he was co-writing, the, the guy who wrote Sapiens and collaborate with that other French guy and they make this book. Mm-hmm. Uh it's really uh it's about uh bio uh, genetic and so on. So if we could cancel that land, we will process less things and we will be more thriving into um something else than the materialistic and the centralist of, of this world. And probably it could solve this kind of because how will you describe what you just said? Like it's more like the power type of things or
1: It's about it's about uncertainty. It's about knowing the right answer and it's about taking all the ambiguity out of it. So when we get near chaos, we pretend we know the story. We don't know the story at all. We only know the story in the blue area, not in the red area.
0: Okay. And even though do we know? Do we know for sure? We
1: pretend we know up here. Okay. We don't know anything. That's why we use empirical process like scrum. Okay. But up here, there is the story emerges every single day, every single week. Meanwhile, we're pretending we know the story. We don't, and that's the essence of agility. That's why I use empirical process. Yep. But most leaders, most people can't handle ambiguity, cannot handle uncertainty, cannot handle not knowing. So when someone shows up and tells them a coherent story, it's gonna be A and then B and then C and then everything's gonna be so great, they go, Okay, where do I where do I sign up for that?
0: That's done. No. And this is why my team and I we are creating this next level agile program to actually be empirical in our consulting mandate.
1: Beautiful. Because
0: instead of giving a proposition, of, oh, yeah, we're going to do this in the next twelve and months of an agile transformation. I please stop it. There's no agile transformation. You could use the principle and values of agile to create patterns to transform. what well, you transform your own business. The way people interact together. You don't transform agile, for God's sake.
1: <laughs> you don't scale agile. For well, well, we do need to transform the agile industry because it's, oh, yes, not, yes, but serving yeah. any, it's not serving the people no. anymore. It's serving something else. Right?
0: Yesterday, I had a, a kind of a cocktail, and a, an in-person cocktail. Yes, because we're kind of free a bit in Montreal. But... Um, and uh, the ladies, oh, so you're you're an agile guy, so uh, you're just losing time of the CFO and the CTO and so on, losing time, right? Yeah, because they don't want to hear it anymore. They, so it's amazing. I mean, like people now see agile like uh, like a pestiferent, like it's uh, it's uh, they don't like it. So it's kind of uh, so yes, and especially with the flood of people who wrote that it's failing, but for me it's kind of a counter uh, productive things. Because, and this is why I call out the other coaches out there and the other consultants, uh, could we, and this is why I do this kind of live every week to uh, tell another side of the story and saying like, um, you could have the opinion you want, but the factual empirical thing, if you never try it for real, yes, as a purist, excuse me, of course you're going to fail. Because at sometimes times, uh, it's like the shoe Harry movement from Alistair Cockburn, I think. Huh? Yeah. Uh, and i don't know if you did martial art i did martial art and mm-hmm. when you learn a lot of things new language and the state of mind because uh, i did kung fu mostly so you have to be in a state of mind and when i've been introduced to riki the kind of a medicine the same thing so you cannot know right away everything and be perfect so you need some to yes yeah, scale it for yourself and the shuari at first i said like okay you hire me as an agile coach so don't bring me stuff from Ken Schreiber already because you could hire him as a, uh, I don't know if he's still working, but I mean, he will cost you more than me. But, uh, so let's, let's stay in the shoe right now. So you learn from one master and then when you be able and you be ready to challenge me with others and start creating your community of practice, like agile Boston or what have you, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you could like confront what uh, you've learned from Daniel Mizik, the great coach, or Alexandre, the great coach. And then after, when you get the rething, now you are probably the teacher yourself uh, because you get enough experience. So that's the thing too. Uh, and, and probably um, we should uh, maybe do another one uh, at some point and try to invite other people. I would love to have a Friday Live Agile with three, four people of not the same uh, agreement because I'd like to have a kind of a sane debate on this certification industry because I think the certification and I, it is one one of my favorite part on Dave Thomas go to uh, video uh, when he said like you're receiving pop-ups on the Google ads yeah yeah like don't think and get certified don't well,
1: think hold, hold on I want to say one thing about, about this 30 seconds
0: no, no. Formal
1: education has, has has is not delivering on its promise it takes too long it's very expensive you come out with debt and you don't get a job okay yeah all right. So certification is a self-managed response by human beings to produce something better. So I can go and within a year I can get a couple of certifications. I can go to a conference. I can meet people. I can enter an industry and I can start to make money. So not all certification is evil. Um, oh. Some of it is, is is really, really it's a self-managed, self-organized response to the failure of formal uh, higher education, I want to offer you people one more thing. Yeah, that's okay. Let's, let's have this conversation about but, how invitations generate generate real resu- uh, decisions, and decisions generate engagement, and engagement generates results. That's what the invitation based change conference is all about. And I hope everyone will consider coming to this conference. And they can they can go and they can go to openleadershipnetwork.com, com. Okay to actually learn about the conference. And of course, Alex, you have a fifty percent code that you can give your own people. Yeah, I really it is on the screen right you. now. I want, you to come. I want you to come and talk at Agile Boston and at a future conference of ours. And if you're ever down this way, we're about six hours away from Montreal. Yeah. And if you go on your way to New York City or coming through New England, I want you to stop at my house and stay over, okay?
0: Thank you for the invitation, and but uh, yeah, the future is bright, I think. And this uncertainty time, I'm just seeing the light. And thank you again, Danielle, to participating in thank my folly, uh, my uh, my daring things of speaking up and standing up for rats. what is right. So far, with the information we know, because me, I'm open like this. I'm a dropout of physics, so I understand that it's not monolithic. I, I, I might be think I'm right right now, but as you mentioned with the chaos to boring, yes. So we need – a lot of people, they don't like it when they answer me a straight question, and I answer, like, it depends. Could you give me some more context to answer the question? Right. Because you could be a, a know-it-all, but, but you don't know. That's because they want a coherent story.
1: They don't want to hear the nuance. They want to hear the black and white up or down true or false, yes or no.
0: But that's, that's the laziness of uh, the monkey we are. Like Terence McKenna used to say, we are a monkey who thinks, who thinks. Apes with clothes. Yes. <laughs> and I think we have more in, in common with dolphins. Just look at our skins. And we swim. We, we are the only mammal who swim very perfectly. But that's another type of subject. So thank you again. I wish you have a beautiful weekend.
1: Thank you. You as well.
0: And... Um, so see you soon, see you in two weeks, for sure, yep. on Zoom. See you soon on Zoom, as we said, and thank you so much for your contribution to the yep. agile community.:
1: Thanks everybody.
0: Thanks, everybody. Cheers see you later. And see you next week for one last one before my grid off because I'm going to be grid off from the 13th, except for this conference. And except also come and join me in Phoenix. I should get there if I don't know the traveling things now, but I should be in Phoenix. So come and meet me in Phoenix, Arizona for the Fuck Elon, Mike Skyser, and Stacey Herberg on the blockchain protocol revolution with the BTC. So we're going to have a lot of fun. Gerald from New York will be there talking about the trends in finance. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Danielle, And have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye.